Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and we have got a pretty deadly edition of ATB coming your way. Emphasis right now currently on the deadly part because KP, I feel like a damn zombie. But Kit and Elton, pretty deadly, will be our guest today. I can't wait to get there. But KP, you know I'm I'm leaning toward the zombie end of the spectrum. How are you feeling? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. I'm glad you're well, too. You're like those Twinkies and cockroaches, man. You'll always be around. What's the story with that line, by the way? You pulled that one out of the bag, didn't you? No, no, no. I thought that was a pretty, pretty common reference. I mean, at the end of the day, obviously cockroaches, you can't kill a cockroach. Cockroaches just exist. They just, that's like a a longstanding joke. And the same thing with Twinkies. Do you eat Twinkies, KP? No, no, not at all. Have you ever had a Twinkie? It's the the little red things, yeah. I I I believe, right? No, 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 no. No, they're these... Twizzlers. They're Twizzlers. No, yeah, Twizzlers are not Twinkies. Twizzlies, okay. Twizzlers will not last till the end of the world. Twinkies, however, will. The the lovely spongy yellow cake thing with the cream filling. You don't know what a Twinkie is, KP? No, never had one of those. No. Oh my, how much you have to learn. But regardless, it's a it's another long standing, long running joke that Twinkies. Uh, because no one can actually decipher what they're made from, but they never expire. They come in little plastic wrappers, and I think they're good for like years and years at a time. So come the end of the world, there will be cockroaches, there will be Twinkies, and most likely Dominic Mysterio, and whatever's left of me. Uh, I will just continue to, to waste away slowly, but I will continue marching forward, bringing the news to the people. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. They say in Life Gravy, whenever you're at your very best, you should stop and you should think, right? What am I surrounded by? Who am I with? What's inspiring this out of me? And whatever it is about Dominic Mysterio, each and every week, he brings out the best in Corey Grace. <laughs> I get to have fun, man. You know, three hours is a long time, man, and it's so intense, especially lately. There's so many important happenings and championships up for grabs and obviously the draft, and you've got new characters to introduce. So every once in a while, I live for those little little breathers where I can just kind of make jokes and have a little fun. And Dominic has afforded me that opportunity. So uh, people seem to be enjoying it, at least according to my social media, which actually brings me to something that I want to talk about because we discussed it in great depth last week here on ATB, how enamored and impressed we have all been. We as the collective WWE universe with one bad bunny. And I made the statement that I think bad bunny made a strong case for being the best celebrity competitor in WWE and judging by the comments on the Instagram page and, and my Twitter pages and the people that interact with me, thank you for that. Uh, the general consensus was pretty agreeable. A lot of people saw it my way that Bad Bunny is the best, but I also got a lot of what about, what about, what about, but it wasn't a long laundry list of names in the what about section. It was one name, that being Logan Paul. And I think we referenced Logan briefly last week, and I wasn't trying to make a comparison or a Logan Paul is better than Bad Bunny or vice versa. But as I was laying in bed on Saturday night, uh, as I do, and I'm not when I don't sleep, I, I just lay and my brain thinks about sports entertainment, uh, despite my best interests and efforts. And I thought to myself, there's only one way to settle this debate. And I think WWE is sitting on a gold mine. If We have the capability of making it official. I see you smiling, KP. You know where I'm going with this. In the era in which we exist, where everything is a degree of sports entertainment, obviously WWE pioneered the phrase, but if you look around the sports landscape at Logan Paul, at Logan Paul's brother, Jake, who's preparing to fight Nate Diaz, there's a lot more of the entertainment aspect being sprinkled in these days. There are entire boxing cards that are doing big business that are populated primarily by influencers and athletes who don't box primarily. And again, I understand there's purists in everything. There are people who will hate that. There are people in the boxing world who can't stand that. But contractually speaking, Logan Paul is a WWE superstar. Obviously, we've got a great working relationship with Bad Bunny, one of the biggest stars in all of entertainment these days. KP, when are we going to get Logan Paul versus Bad Bunny in a WWE ring on a premium live event? Maybe SummerSlam, 
maybe a standalone event. I hear there's rumors and rumblings. I know we're working extensively on trying to do more international shows. It's a hell of an excuse to go back to Puerto Rico, Bad Bunny and Logan Paul, who's a resident there. And I think that might actually be the, the best way to split the crowd because judging by what I've heard and read online, uh, the Puerto Rican natives, not necessarily a huge fan of Logan Paul <laughs> taking up residence on their beautiful island. I uh, could do the battle for the island of Puerto Rico. I mean, come on, like, stop me well, when you're you, ready you, to you, agree with you me. You don't, you don't want to go to Ohio and give Logan Paul a hometown crowd. No, Hey, you know what? Let's go to Cleveland. <laughs> let's, let's go to the, the queue or, or hell. Let's go to Jacobs field or progressive field or whatever. Let's do a baseball stadium. Logan Paul versus bad bunny is a gold mine. And much like I often do, I am going to try to make everyone see it my way and explain much like Brock Lesnar and Omos at WrestleMania that everybody was boo-hooing and pounding their fists and saying, this match is going to stink. I was right. It was awesome. Oh, Logan man. Paul and Bad Bunny. And, and now I am patting myself on the back. This is my show, KP. I, I wish somebody else would pat me on the back. Nobody else does. <laughs> I got to do it for myself. But think about this, man. And I know it's a risk. I've I've calculated and and tried to think ahead of all the arguments against. Ordinarily, I would say you take two celebrities from outside of WWE and you put them in the same match. You are cooking up a recipe for disaster. Not Bad Bunny and Logan Paul. I'm saying give them time to prepare. We know how much work and effort Bad Bunny and Logan Paul have both put in leading up to their epic WWE performances. I'm not saying it has to be next week. I'm not saying throwing it on Raw while we're in Albany just because. Make this a spectacle. You will have the eyes of the world watching their every move. Yeah, no question about that. Tell me I'm that. wrong, KP. Tell me I'm wrong. You're 100% right, but I want to know what's changed with old weathered gravy. You know, this wouldn't have been you a few years ago. So what's changed? It's funny you bring that up. And I think I've admitted that on this this here podcast a time or two that, yeah, I, I am still a traditionalist to a, an extent. I like my old school pro wrestling at times. But I'm also, uh, I've been in WWE for over a decade now, and I've learned to see things from a different perspective, more so the perspective of business these days. And again, coming off of the amazing event that was Backlash, that was a huge success, not only financially, but critically, the fans enjoyed it. The WWE Universe enjoyed Backlash and Bad Bunny's performance. After WrestleMania, Seth Rollins and Logan Paul People were still buzzing about it on a jam-packed two-day event. It stood out. It was fantastic. Logan Paul made a lot of new believers. And had you mentioned this to me 10 years ago when I got signed to developmental and I was in FCW, there was a chip on a lot of our shoulders. I've discussed this with numerous guests. I've talked about it with Rollins extensively. We were kind of the mentality of, well, we paid our dues. We, we worked our, and scratched and clawed to get here. But now we sit back and we go, hey, wait a minute. Rising tide raises all ships. If Bad Bunny versus Logan Paul were to be made and advertised and promoted, everybody else in the locker room would be begging to get on that card. Much like any anytime Logan Paul fights in the boxing world or, or his brother, look at like, again, J Jake Paul and Nate Diaz is coming up. There are a lot of up and coming hungry boxers who would love to just have their name on that card because it brings in eyeballs. And at the end of the day, that's what this business is about. It's promotion. 100%. But listen, bud, you came from working your ass off to work your way through to NXT and get the opportunity. And now as a broadcaster, so you get what it's like behind the scenes in the small towns, traveling, you know that there's, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of, of wrestlers out there that would hate this idea. Absolutely despise it still to this I, day. And I, I get understand. you understand the business now, but the, the mindset shift has been with your evolution as Corey Graves. That's how you've changed over the years. But you know that, that the Corey Graves of 10 years ago would be in line with a hell of a lot of people right now that would hate the direction that that would go in. I don't know that that many people would truly hate it. I know that people would say it. I mean, we've heard a lot of superstars talk about what everybody's got their own set of values, right? Everybody watches this business from their own individual perspective. And if to you, it is all about hard hitting, high impact wrestling, that's okay. You're not wrong. There's a place for it. You're going to get it probably more so than anything else, but as a spectacle, as a standalone one time only, I'm not saying I want to watch six months of Logan Paul versus bad bunny matches. 
I'm saying one time, I think these are the two celebrities that are occupying the space right now who actually have the chops to go out and not embarrass themselves, not expose the business, not make anybody else look less than, but in fact, raise the profile of WWE beyond the entertainment space. We're already a global company, right? It's getting bigger and bigger and all this new business that's happening. Why would you not want two of the hottest names in entertainment hyping your product? Boy, can you imagine the buildup to that? Like, I'm giddy with excitement. Listen, I'm not going against you here in any way whatsoever. I would love to see it, and I think they'd 100% deliver, but the buildup would be spectacular. And if you could do it, like you say, in a place like Puerto Rico, anywhere, really. I mean, Bad Bunny with his following, Logan Paul with his following, we all know about that, but the buildup with the way these two carry themselves and how diametrically opposed they are as people and the followings that they have don't really... I, I would imagine crossover all too much. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I mean, let's, let's be honest. The likelihood of this happening, it's a bit of a long shot, but I wanted yeah. to be first. I wanted to be the guy who put this out into the zeitgeist because as you so well know, we've got a bad habit of speaking things into existence here on after the bell. So looking further down the line, I don't envision it happening right around the corner, but man, I, I think there's definitely too much money sitting on the table there to not see that at some point. All right, so listen, you've brought up something. Can I bring up what's been on my mind? Because like you, and we 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 separated this week. Usually we're in tow. Usually we're together in the car and we're chatting about the show afterward. You went back and you flew out of Charlotte. I flew out of Greensboro. But I went back to the hotel room and I had a thought that if it's okay, I'd love to throw out to you right now. Um, that Let me ask me, you, what website was on your phone when you had this thought? Because I don't know if this is suitable for public consumption. <laughs> I wasn't on my KP. phone, but okay. I put away the okay. phone. I was just sitting in the room. I, I brought up a beer to the room and I'm just thinking about Monday Night Raw. And for me right now, middle of May, 2023, Imperium are the most impressive group in WWE. And, and I'm, I'm watching them at ringside. I see Gunter come out to uh, the arena and he accelerated as he got toward you and I, which was a frightening you know, experience as you saw him jump up on our announce desk. But I was thinking about what they are. And as I learn in this business, I've just grown a massive appreciation for Imperium watching on Friday Night Smackdown. But seeing them on Monday Night Raw up close was something special. And here's why. I think from day one, we knew exactly what Imperium was, right? Incredibly successful in in WWE in the UK. And they come over, of course, uh, to Smackdown within three months. Gunther becomes the Intercontinental Champion. There's been no shake in this guy. It doesn't matter what you seem to throw at him. And we're talking epic matches. And in an era and an age where everybody's capable of the spectacular, there's something old-fashioned and simple about what Gunter does. But it's not even that. It's his ability on the microphone for me is outstanding. You know, the ability to recognize the pause and know what he is. He does exactly what it says on the tin. Do you know what I mean? Like what mm-hmm. Gunther is, is what Gunther is, is very simple, but it's incredibly effective. And then you throw in the fact that Vinci and Kaiser are lockstep in motion with everything that Gunther's doing. Yes, yes, they're incredibly different person or uh, sure. personalities. You know, it's not like you've got three Gunters walking out there together. No, they're they're so different, but they're lockstep in everything they do together. You know, Kaiser's introduction for Gunther the other night. I'm watching him. And that appreciation of the pause and then Gunther, the way he you know, commanded the, the crowd's attention on his first night on Monday Night Raw. Man, that's an impressive group right there. And Gunther, for me, he's right up there instantly within the first year of arriving on the scene. I don't know what you think. I'm not going to disagree. Uh, you prefaced it as though it was going to be a hot take no. that I would have an argument against, man. I'm, I'm, I'm in lockstep with you and uh, your opinion on Imperium. I, I've been so impressed. I have gushed about Gunther on this show for basically since the beginning, since he arrived in, in NXT UK. I think dude is just money in every aspect. He has that believability about him. Gunther is Gunther all day. I mean, you know, you see him backstage. He is as stoic and impressive and almost regal in the way he moves. And they are a cohesive unit. They are inseparable. They travel together. Everything about Imperium is functioning on an extremely high level. I totally agree with you. I don't know that I can say yet that they're more dominant 
than the bloodline, but I not, definitely not, think not dominant, not dominant for me right now. And, and the reason I, they're clearly not more dominant than the bloodline. And there's an yet, argument to yet. be made for the judgment day. Correct. Yet. But there's something about how, and I mentioned lockstep in motion. There's something about how it's just impressive they are as a unit. And, the and presentation. They exa- they, exactly. They know exactly who they are. You know, yes. and it runs deeper. You guys had Gunther while I was away at, at, at my brother's wedding, uh, I believe. Um, or was after that. You guys had Gunther on, on the show here. And he talked about the, the deep roots of Imperium and Kaiser's father and how the mat is sacred. There's something special about that. And we often don't get that with our characters at WWE, but there, there's something deep and rich in this story that we can dive into on commentary and the fans can absolutely absorb. And I really appreciate that. For me right now, as I said, they're the most impressive faction in WWE. It, it reminds me of a quote, uh, I believe... I believe it's a Kid Rock quote. <laughs> I read it somewhere when I was in high school, but it always sort of resonated with me. If it looks good, you'll see it. If it sounds good, you'll hear it. But if it's real, you'll feel it. Yeah. And I feel Imperium. Gunther sends shivers down my spine, even though I know that professionally speaking, I'm not in any uh, at any risk when the ring general comes to ringside, but you can't help but watch in awe of the brutality he's capable of. And I wonder... I don't know him very well. Do you think Ludwig Kaiser speaks in that voice all the time? (laughs) I want to go to dinner with Kaiser and hear him order off the menu. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll have a number two with cheese and a diet Coke. Dude, that's really good. That's really I'm a man good. of many talents, KP. You know, I, oh, I, man. I got a trick or two up my sleeve. Do you, do you know, though, it, it, it goes, it, the character of Gunther, man, I really do believe, like, he's not cruel without purpose, you know? Like, there's something about him that he's nearly soft He's cruel with purpose. You understand his cruelty because of you're course. like, yeah, this guy wants everything to be perfect, so he's going to beat people up until he gets it that way. Like, I like it. Like, he only turned on Kaiser once throughout his entire time uh, in, the, in the main roster of WWE, if you want to call it that. And that's when Kaiser lost the match, you know? And it's when Gunther decided, well, this isn't acceptable. So there's something incredibly militant about him, but that he also gives respect when that's warranted. And I'm just all in on Gunther and Imperium. I love it. Look at KP coming around to the dark side, seeing things <laughs> through the, the proper lenses of the world. Uh, yeah, man, there, there's a lot to be excited about. Monday Night Raw, we saw a lot of different faces, a lot of new faces. We saw Imperium as a whole. We saw the Ring General's official Monday Night Raw debut as he appeared before the Battle Royal, which was won by Mustafa Ali. Ali now headed to Night of Champions to challenge Gunther. And, and I'm an Ali guy. I'm a fan of him as a human being and as a superstar. But you got to know when to fold them and know when to walk away. I mean, I have a feeling Ali's trip to well the kingdom of Saudi Arabia is going to be a painful one, courtesy of the intercontinental champion. But, but like we mentioned, the landscape's looking different. We talked about how different everything was going to be in the wake of the draft. Uh, what else stood out to you Monday night, man? Well, you said you, you got to know when to fold them, know when to walk away. I think you could make the same case for Cody Rhodes, right? Because, uh, I mean, he stood there in the ring as defiant as ever. And I looked at you, Corey Graves, as he began to talk about it through the old fable, right? With the frog and the scorpion. And you had a big, big smile on your face. Why? Well, it's one of my favorite stories. It's an Aesop's fable. I remember hearing it many, many, many moons ago, and it always sort of rang true. And and as soon as Cody said he referenced the scorpion and the frog, I went, he's actually going to tell the story. (laughs) And I knew the punchline. That's why it's my nature. I'm a scorpion. I, I knew where it was going. And as soon as he started speaking, I realized how perfectly it matched the tale of what he's living through. Brock Lesnar is the scorpion, you know what I mean? And Brock, by nature, is a brutal, dominant, violent human being. And Cody now has to deal with it. But what my biggest takeaway was, was just as a whole, hearing Cody speak, that was a throwback to me, man. That was what what the, the last generation would say, talk him into the seats. You don't have to believe that Cody can beat Brock Lesnar. But after Monday and looking in Cody's eyes and hearing Cody's words, You can't deny that Cody believes he can beat Brock Lesnar somehow. I love the line about how, oh, it's a cheap victory. I beat a wrestler with a wrestling move and a wrestling ring. How is that a cheap victory? I completely agree with it. But perception, we talk so much about here, 
the perception is there is still a lot of unfinished business. Lesnar's pissed off. Lesnar wants to destroy Cody, but the way Cody owned that moment and just delivered it with so much fire and so much passion. And and you can't have that each and every week. If Cody speaks that way every week, it just becomes white noise. So once in a blue moon, when Cody really has to up the ante and, and make the WWE fans believe that he stands a fighting chance against the most decorated combat athlete in history. Cody Rhodes did just that. And that's why I was smiling because it was to me back to the, me being a traditionalist an old school wrestling fan. That was something that you would have seen in the eighties to sell a starcade. Ironically enough, we were in Greensboro. Cody referenced it. That was a money promo that we like to say within the, in, within the game. And it was just, it was fantastic. Everything about it. I love. It certainly was. It was truly spine tingling stuff. And look, the reality is Brock Lesnar is a free agent, right? So if Cody Rhodes wants to become the main man, at some point he's going to have to slay the beast. Brock's always going to be in his way. Brock clearly does not like the suits, the confidence, the charisma. There's something about Cody Rhodes that really does get at Brock Lesnar. Brock hasn't told us why yet, right? Like we're still in a place where Brock, he's just demanded that he gets a fight with him. That's it but he hasn't told us why. So I mean, I don't think you need any further reason than the staples in Brock's forehead and the big shiner. He received courtesy of Cody Rhodes. Uh, Brock looking to, to uh, return a lick. Yeah, there you go. To steal one from your guy, Carmelo gravy after Friday night, the match was made official. The world heavyweight championship is on the line. AJ Styles and Seth freaking Rollins. And I said this on Monday night raw. And and all you do is you take the social media for a quick glance and you understand that this is a dream match for many with unbelievable implications. And you had a chance to, to sit down with Seth and get his thoughts, a long form interview that we're going to get more from Seth, I believe, uh, on Monday Night Raw next week too. But man, you got a lot out of Rollins. What stood out for you? Oh, there was so much that stood out. And I hope for the WWE universe's sake that all of the bits that were left on the cutting room floor somehow see the light of day because there was some some gold that Rollins spun. Uh, we sat there for probably an hour, maybe a little bit longer. And I obviously got chopped down to about six minutes on Monday Night Raw. Such is the nature of the beast. Such is life in the television industry. You have to pick the, the best moments. And uh, I'm eager to see what else survived, what else lived on, and what sees the light of day this coming Monday as there are two more parts to the sit-down uh, that remain to be seen. But a lot of the in-between, it's just the passion that comes through Rollins. And Rollins knows that he is in a position to force change within WWE, which thereby changes the industry as a whole. And Rollins realizes he's sitting in that sweet spot. And now he knows he's got a dance partner in AJ Styles, who is every bit as capable of forcing that same change. And I'm sure it'll come out this coming Monday, uh, the reverence that Rollins has for AJ Styles and the respect that Seth has uh, to the point that he patterned a lot of his offense in the way he moves in the ring after AJ Styles. Uh, Styles has been a big influence on Rollins. And again, I hope that everybody gets to hear the full long form. I'm going to send a few notes to those uh, in the digital department and see if we can't make a, make a few things happen so that everybody gets to enjoy all of the goodness. Uh, but Rollins is in the zone right now, man. Rollins is, is functioning at 110%. AJ Styles just coming back from injury, but this is AJ Styles we're talking about. We talk about Rollins being a generation-defining talent. The same has to be said for AJ Styles, a surefire future Hall of Famer. This is a mega matchup. This is a dream match. They've run, they, they're running it back. They've competed against one another before, but this is a different Seth Rollins. This is a different AJ Styles. I'm curious to see what AJ brings to the table. Obviously, he looked like he hadn't lost a step coming back from his injury. This is a dream match in every sense of the word, and I can't necessarily think of two better competitors to be competing for the new World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, AJ taking out Edge and Rey Mysterio in that first round, and then the semifinal, Bobby Lashley. So he's come through all the odds. Can I ask you, what makes AJ, and this may seem like a very basic question, Right, But to any fan who's just taken on WWE over the last few years, what makes AJ Styles so special? He's a smaller guy, right? incredibly dynamic, but he built up such a huge fan base, didn't he, and fanfare for everything he achieved before he came to WWE, what, six, seven years ago? Uh, yeah, I, I can't even remember when. I remember it was at the Royal Rumble in Orlando that AJ shocked the entire business by showing up uh, in WWE. And AJ has just continued to, what's the word I'm looking for, over-deliver on a regular basis. And I think it's that sort of consistency that the fans really gravitate toward. You've never seen a bad AJ Styles match. Never. Even predating. I've been in the ring with AJ Styles 
years back and I thought the match was terrible because I was in terrible shape and I got all blown up and was trying to catch my breath about 30 seconds in. And I was like, this is going to be the worst. I can't watch it back. And I watched it back. and I'm like, God, he's so good. God, he is <laughs> unbelievable. And the respect that AJ has garnered because of this consistency. And you're right. he He's not a big guy, but AJ is a guy. And I've heard this said about a handful of talents over the years. You never realize how AJ is in stature because of the way he carries himself. And uh, Chris Jericho comes to mind. Shawn Michaels comes to mind in guys who weren't six foot three, six foot four. They hover right around the six foot, maybe a little, maybe a little less than that. But the way they move, the way they carry themselves, the way they compete in the ring, you'd never bat an eye. You never believe, oh, this guy doesn't stand a chance. We've seen Styles in the ring with Brock Lesnar. We've seen Styles stand next to Omos and AJ just carries himself just the same. He's got something about the way he he presents himself that makes you believe that he is what he says he is, which is truly phenomenal. Yeah, and I don't think I've ever seen a bad Seth Rollins match either. So this one's set to be an, uh, set to be an absolute cracker. It really is. I, it's, it's one I, I wouldn't have predicted. Quite honestly, AJ coming back from injury, there's no chance I would have predicted AJ. Could, maybe coming through the first match, you never know. But coming through Bobby Lashley, didn't have that on my card, pal. But uh, no, really buzzing for this one. Hey, KP, ask me if I'm excited about the finals of the new World Heavyweight Championship Tournament in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia at Night of Champions. Corey Graves, are you excited about the finals of the World Heavyweight Championship in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia at Night of Champions? Yes, boy. Almost as excited <laughs> as I am to welcome in our extremely special guests here on After the Bell. If you've been listening for a while, you know they are both favorites of mine. They are brand new draft picks to Friday Night Smackdown. Please welcome Pretty Deadly. Elton Prince, Kit Wilson, two of the newest draftees to Friday Night Smackdown in the 2023 WWE draft. I've got to ask, first things first, what was going through your minds when your names were called and you found out you were headed to the blue brand? Oh, well, first things first, let's get this party started right. Hey, yes, boy! Oh, they did it. They did the thing. <laughs> yes. When I, when I heard the call, there was two words going on in my brain, and that was a yes, a boy. I was, uh, I was pumped, you know. We were working towards this for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, big, ro- big road dog himself, mm-hmm. you know, he said our names, and a beautiful day. I can't complain. How can we complain? How can we complain? We're on Friday night snackdown. Oh, that's oh. really clever. I personally was a little disheartened, a little disappointed because I was doing whatever uh, I could clamoring backstage for Pretty Deadly to be part of the Monday Night Raw roster. KP will verify, will attest. But either way, I'm very happy that the uh, entire WWE universe is getting to know Pretty Deadly and what you guys bring to the table. Lads, you have to understand, by the way, Corey Graves is the biggest Pretty Deadly fan. I mean, he was banging on about you guys after your your first match with the New Day. He was straight on to me on a text message. Uh, he's like, I love these guys. So for you guys to be on the show here, this is a big deal for all Gravy, you know? Well, all I can say is, uh, you know, former NXT Tag Team Champion recognizes former oh, NXT Tag Team Champion. See you, KP. There you go. Not only are they pretty, they're well-educated as well. Love that. It does, it's a perfect segue, actually, because I thought we might have to wait a little longer until we get to this, KP. But as you mentioned, Corey has been lovely to us on social media, said nice things about us, you know, put us out to the world. And what have you done? Yes, KP, what have you done? I've done jack <laughs> lads. <laughs> nothing. Uh-huh. Nothing. And so you want us to be on the show, and, and that's what you're going to say, you've done nothing. Come on. My apologies. My sincere apologies. Uh, what, what can I do to make it up to you? Money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're an easy bro. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit, guys, about uh, Pretty Deadly and your your journey from the UK, NXT UK, where uh, the WWE Universe first got a glimpse of what you guys are capable of uh, through your, your time in NXT and now being part of Friday Night SmackDown. How does all that come together for you? Why does it come together? He's good with the questions. We'll say that. He's good with the questions. Well, we have been best friends for how long, boy? How long, we say? Not long enough. Well, well, definitely not long enough. I think we I think we started our wrestling careers maybe in the same year, mm-hmm. but within separately, unfortunately. But within that year, we met each other. And I think from that moment, uh, we kind of knew that something was going on, didn't we? It was wild because we knew we'd heard of each other in within wrestling, but we'd never actually met each other within wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then we actually both had a fashion show on the same day. And we didn't even realize that we were competing against each other. But this, and this, and this weird catwalk was kind of like a different one because it had two runways. Head on head. And normally there, there's obviously just the one. 
And we were both, we didn't know, we didn't know who else was on the other one. Cause when we're, come on, when we're walking, we're in the zone, man. We're not looking elsewhere. We're in the zone. And it gets to the final piece and we both go to hit our, you know, our big ending and we turn around and we go, hey, yes, boy. Oh, I did the point. And that's how we knew, wait, this, this, this should be a tag team and this is going to be a tag team that's going to work. And, and, and of course. It did work. It did work. We got into NXT UK mm-hmm. and we felt like uh, that brand was like an unsung hero in the WWE universe. It was like the best pure wrestling brand. But then, you know, us seeing that, we thought, well, here's our market to be the entertainers of the show, to mm-hmm. be the color, to be the pizzazz, to oh. be the juge. And I think that, yeah. I was just going to say, to have that certain je ne sais quoi. Uh, so we really felt like we stood out there in a good way for us, for NXT UK, and we could show our abilities, not only in the ring, but kind of outside. And that got us across the pond. That got us to NXT. And I, I just, it kind of steamrolled from there. A beautiful steamroller. Yeah, because I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, on our debut, we, go. we won the NXT Tag Team Championships, which is actually, that was quite, that was history making, actually, which is quite, uh, well, that's, it was an achievement. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And then a couple months later, we unified the NXT UK and the NXT Tag Team Championships. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, we're the only team to have done that, which is, again, it's, you know, pretty cool. Extremely cool. Extremely cool. Thank you. You guys are in unison in everything you do, right? What else do you do in your daily lives that is so telepathic? Because you seem to be so lockstep, Gravy. We're bringing up this team again. We were talking about Gunther earlier today. But for you guys, what I mean, are you living together? Is this what's going on here? Oh, yeah. We, uh, we've got a couple of properties. Here is, here is one property. Here's, here's base one. Here's base one. Like base two is lovely. But we always say, me brain. A soup brain. We're always in sync, you know. We kind of... Uh, We'll sing songs together, but we've got separate parts. You know, we, 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 like, to, we like to duet. We like to duet. But we've got a good system as well. Like, I'm, I'm better at breakfast, aren't I? Yeah, and I, I'm more of a lunch and dinner man. Lunch and dinner guy. I make, a, I make the best scrambled egg. Come on. My scrambled egg. KP, you'll never... Well, I won't say never, but how you're acting so far, I don't know if you'll try, but Corey, whenever you're free... Oh, come on, some- lads. I love a good scrambled egg. I'll make it up to you. I promise. Yeah. Oh, well. You haven't done enough, KP. This is what we like to call too little, too late. I've no. received the invite. I will make. I, I will move heaven and earth in order to partake in the scrambled eggs of Pretty Deadly. But I, I understand my shortcomings now, lads. Give me time. It just takes a little bit of time. I promise. Words, isn't it? It's just words. <laughs> Kevin, I think uh, Corey's getting egg on toast, and we describe you as a beg on toast. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> You're not coming back from that, KP. Eggs on toast for you. No, I'm not. But listen, guys, when it pertains to the draft, was there any doubts at all creeping in for you guys or were you always so confident that you were headed to either Raw or SmackDown? Obviously, nobody knew, but we were, well... There was, for those watching the for NXT... For those watching the NXT product, there was an attempted murder against us the week before. There was. And, and up until the draft, no one actually knew that luckily me and Kit are the best swimmers in the world. Uh, we actually grew up giving uh, Michael Phelps someone to, to race with while he was training. Um, yeah, that's just sort of something we haven't really bragged about before. Uh, but we managed to make it out there alive, didn't yeah. we, boy? Yeah. But it meant that we thought we had a pretty good chance of being drafted because, again, our presence on NXT was going to be minimal, hence hence the attempted murder. But, yeah, we didn't know at all. And when uh, Road Dog said my name, and we always talk about how we heard Elton, and that was it. We were just yeah. we were up and excited, and everyone in the rooms cheering and clapping. And it wasn't even until we sat down that we were like, "Wait, what? what where are we? What brand are we going to?" Like, we didn't even our minds didn't even hear that part. Like, it was just Elton, and we were just excited. What did it mean as fans to have Road Dog announce the fact that you had been drafted? I happen to know that behind the scenes, Road Dog has been a big advocate for Pretty Deadly. Uh, I was talking highly of you guys to him and he actually countered and was like, oh, now I know all about these guys. I love them and this and that and the other thing. So so yeah, there, there's a little behind the scenes for you. Uh, what what did it mean for you guys to hear that? I'll take that tidbit, yeah. yeah. Before you answer that, let me just say, KP, this is why Corey's gone around for eggs. Have you done that? Have you got a story like that? No. It's- no. Right. I'm moving so on. Don't complain. <laughs> you know what you've done. You know um, why you're here. So the Road Dog himself, yeah, a legend of the game. Obviously a super successful tag team, and that's something we're always focused on watching and learning from. Uh, and Road Dog, uh, in his team specifically, was an entertainer, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to, to have him kind of put our name forward, it felt special to us. Uh, and we've kind of had a small conversation with him over text, but we've not met him in person yet. So I assume when we meet him in person... He's getting that big old handshake uh, and a thank you, sir. And I look forward to working with you. I'm excited. Very, very cool. I have to ask you guys, how did you tap into your ability to entertain? 
that's not something that comes naturally to everybody. We have a lot of wrestlers in the world, but very few people who are as in touch with the ability to just when the red light turns on, just be the best version of themselves. Is that something you guys have always been able to do or is it something you had to work at? Uh, I'd say it's something that has maybe like always been a strength of ours, like across the board. Well, yeah, go on. Well, you got something. You I got just, he just excites me. I feel, I feel like uh, when you ask a question, I know what he's going to say. We both had that as a strength in us, but when we came together, just talking to each other, like playing with each other, doing a sport, doing activity, we get excited and we just kind of hype each other up. And it's almost where, you know, the yes boy came from. We'd be like, yes boy. And that excites the other one. And he's kind of like, yes boy. And I think we just build each other up. And maybe that's cliche. And Did maybe- we just get a yes boy origin story? Maybe KP gold mine of that a gold mine KP come on but you know what, try like, to keep you're up. touching I am you're touching on something though fellas that I've spoken to so many superstars whether it be from Ireland or the UK and they've often said about you know starting out in this business one of the areas that they've really struggled given our culture of when you speak up in Ireland or England as a kid you're gonna get battered pretty quickly you know if you're that sort of loudmouth you're gonna get put in your place and that's been the struggle versus. Americans. I'm just being honest. I actually, I actually learned that from my my old tag team partner uh, Neville in, in NXT. Yeah. That he actually explained that it was just a cultural thing. It was really, really interesting to me. Yeah, but you guys didn't feel that at all. You guys always had that confidence. Well, I'll say firstly, great observation. Mm-hmm. Americans across the board do seem to be a little bit sort of louder and obnoxious, don't they? Um, Grating. <laughs> you could argue that. You could. Not all of them, of course, but. There's exceptions to every rule. I understand. No offense taken. No, I think uh, I think that confidence was always in us. But for sure, when you're younger and you live in that kind of culture, not that you're not letting it out, but you almost don't acknowledge it. You just you just live in your life. But then, yeah, as we as we get into the sport or the the entertainment business, you know, it's coming out a little bit at a time. You're kind of pulling out yourself. But then, when something clicks, like I think Pretty Deadly have clicked, it just naturally comes out. It spills out being together, uh, and that's magical. Who, who would you credit as some of your influences? Uh, not necessarily just in the wrestling space. Who influences Pretty Deadly and who you two have become as performers? Well, so the very, the very start of Pretty Deadly, uh, because I guess, you know, some fun insight, formerly Smooth Sammy Smooth and formerly Lightning Lewis, because that's how quick I am. <laughs> you know, Boom, like the flash on the independence, <laughs> on the independence. Uh, we tried tagging, uh, initially with, uh, we were called greased lightning, you know, a little blend there, a little blend there, but something, something wasn't there. And then we looked into like our favorite artist, some, someone that we really enjoy listening to is the 1975. I don't know if that's, if you ah, yes, I'm familiar. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he in, initially, he was like a very, uh, Matty Healy, the lead singer was like a very large inspiration for what we were trying to do. We even, uh, you know, the gear started with what he wore in one of his music videos, just like plain black levers. And it was just the idea of, which is what I think we're trying to portray now more so than ever. And obviously as like confidence increases, but it's just that you just looked at him and no matter what he did, no matter what, like, I guess like a, a a stereotypical or a generic comment from people would be towards him. He just didn't care. And he just does everything with confidence and he's having fun. So it just means that it, it just kind of rules out any, any, anything that anyone can say, because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, what negative comments can you have to someone who's enjoying themselves and is just being confident who they are? Like there's nothing you can't, there's nothing to say to that. And I think we really took inspiration from that. And that's what we are trying to portray now basically is that this, these characters so, so that you see on screen, it's just who we want to be, but now we have the confidence to be it. I love that, man. I wish you could bottle that and sell it. That's, that's an awesome outlook. It's a powerful place to be, right? Yeah, it is great. And I think, again, we, we saw a lot of ourselves in these musical artists, you know, and a lot of them, you know, like uh, your Prince or your Mick Jagger or your, mm-hmm. or your Matty Healy, they were so feminine. They were in their own category of like masculine. Mm-hmm. And I think right, right. Yeah. We try and find ourselves. And, and, you know, again, I wish there was a bottle for that, but I wish there was a word for that as well, you know? Mm. And again, we live in a world where everything's a spectrum, everything's fluid, but I think we like being on that edge of kind of being feminine, but then we kind of almost circle right back. Right, because you just have that much confidence. It, it's it's Mick Jagger, it's Iggy Pop, uh, that, that yeah. whole, I, I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah, and we're trying to find our own realm with that in that WWE, you know, bubble. You couldn't be more diametrically opposed to Seamus and the brawling brutes. Yet on Friday Night Smackdown, you had no problem approaching those guys. What was your mindset doing that? 
No. Well, you know, as, as Elton said, when we came to NXT, we came in and we attacked the Creeds because initially, you know, they seemed like they were going to be the number one contenders. We thought, let's take them out, let's make a statement and we'll go for the gold. Circumstance happened that we won the gold the next week. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a similar thing for SmackDown. You're here to make a statement. The Brawling Brutes are one of the best up-and-coming tag teams. You know, no doubt they're going to be number one contenders any day now, so let's take them out. We take out, potentially take out Sheamus in the process, you know, a legendary, oh. a legendary performer who we've grown up watching. I mean, what better way to make a statement? I agree. And also, even before the, you know, the taking out, it was just, you know, three people with some great accolades, incredible in the ring. But, you know, you just look at them and you think, oh, my God, someone make them smile. You know, yeah. oh, it's so like, it's you rough. know, like you look at them and you think, well, I bet they're fun at dinner parties. Like, it's just, it's, <laughs> no one wants to see it. And so we thought being the nice, you know, fun, playful Rich. people we are, we could go over and sort of improve their lives, really. Just because imagine how excited they are knowing that we're going to be there every week to make them feel, you know, happier yeah. and smiler and stuff. They are, oh, they're going to be over the moon. I would be elated. I, I'm excited for them. Exactly. <laughs> Come on. I have to ask, and I, I understand that currently they populate the Monday Night Raw roster, but is WWE in fact big enough for both Pretty Deadly and the Maximum Male Models. Because oh. I feel like there's got to be a walk-off brewing somewhere. I, it, well, it, in my head, there's a lot of talk on social media. There's a lot of talk here. There's a lot of talk there. But I think you kind of said it, a walk-off. You know, oh, do we want to settle this in the ring? Do we want to settle this backstage? Or do we, do we want to settle it on a catwalk? I say book it for Fashion Week. Let's go all in. WWE's got the ability. If we wanted to have a walk-off at Fashion Week, we could do it. Let's start advocating for that. I want that. I'm going to start I'm going to start sending some emails. I'm going to send a few texts. <laughs> Let's push it heavy for sure because I think <laughs> Lads, Maxine is trying to recruit Otis across, you know, any sign of Otis going across to pretty deadly. Imagine him with the long flowing locks now. Well, seeing as of a, of a newly a newly sought after rivalry with the maximum models, I'll start some beef nice and early. Oh my god, you start some beef. I'll start some beef and I'll say our man Otis is twice the model that the maximum male models are. Wow. They ugly. Wow. They ugly. Wow. Otis, he's got the je ne sais quoi. He's he really it. has. He really has. There's a there's a saying in England that, you know, you could say that someone they look like a bulldog with lipstick. And I think for me, that's the maximum male models. Because here's the thing, they have got They've got fashion. They have. We know they've got fashion. They have got looks. They've got, you know, they've got some looks and they've got something about them. But, but unfortunately in this game, you need that star quality. Mm. You know what I mean? That little star quality. And I feel like they're just, just a little bit like they're on the precipice. They're on the precipice. But I don't think they've got it. So for me, yeah, I'll take over this instead. There you have it, KP. Gravy, I'm telling you. Gravy, all the kids, man, are going to be growing out their hair. They're going to be wearing the shirts. Pretty deadly, strapped to a rocket, guys. We can see it already. Love what you're doing so far. Wow. There you go. He's, he's starting to reel it back in. I, I see know, what you're doing. I know. I know. Step by step. KP is doing his best to uh, get into the good graces of Pretty Deadly, but uh, maybe this will help. Because we knew this would be no ordinary episode of After the Bell, our producer team has compiled a uh, list of questions for a bit of a game if you would be so kind as to indulge me pretty deadly are you uh, in the mood to play a little game here on after the bell we love games we love games yeah of course we're in all right we're gonna keep it simple the rules are as follows i am going to read a phrase and you simply answer yes boy or no boy if you like it it's a yes boy if you don't it's a no okay are you on board sounds I'm, I'm all in kp are you ready Yes, sir. All right, you start keeping score. All right. Elton and Kit, pineapple on pizza. Mm, no, boy. Yes, boy. Ooh. Hang on. I think this is the first difference we've ever found between the two of us in eight years. <laughs> Hard-hitting journalism right here on ATB. <laughs> All right, here we go. Call it soccer or football. Yes, boy or no, boy. Wait, you screwed up the question, KP. You can't say soccer or football, yes or no. Calling soccer football, yes or no? No, boy. No, boy. There we go. All right, KP, you try again. All right, here we go. He's, he's circling the drain right now, guys. I apologize. KP, come on, man. Here we go. I've got this one. I've got it. I've got it. Dating your friend's ex. Yes, boy or no, boy? Oh, no, no, boy. 
Would you disagree with that, KP? Ah, there's a hesitation. Move on, Gravy. When you when you stop <laughs> picking on me, you three are all over me today. Oh, iced iced coffee during the winter. Oh, hmm. I'm gonna go. No boy. No boy. All right. No boy. You you like to keep keep it hot even in the Florida weather. You want to get you want to get warm. I think there's just you know there's a comfort that a warm that a warm coffee brings. And it's Christmas. You know, it's really Christmasy. Mm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Singing in the shower. Yes, boy or no, boy? Oh, yes, yes, boy. <laughs> I would have been disappointed if that had been a no. You get some concerts here. When you, I tell you, if you come at the right time for this scrambled egg and kits in the shower, Corey, you're going to hear something. My God, I, I'm going to book my travel right now. KP, you want to just get... <laughs> what, 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 are you, what are you singing in the shower? Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart. What's going on in there? Uh, well, just this morning I was singing Jeffrey Osborne, All the Wings of Love. Mm. <laughs> wow. To be a fly on the wall. <laughs> well, wrestling in trunks. Oh, for us, a no boy. Man, they're in sync, gravy. Beans with breakfast. Yes, boy or no boy? Yes, yes boy. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> now I'm definitely coming for breakfast. I, I am a sucker for a traditional English breakfast. I, I seem to be in the minority, but I look forward to every time we head to the UK having a nice plate of beans with my breakfast and the mushrooms. Yeah, uh, y'all do breakfast well. I couldn't agree more. Cool. An English breakfast. Let me just say this as well. When when this podcast started, we knew how much we liked you. You know, we knew we were big. We were big fans. Oh, but we never as this conversation goes on, we just you know eventually, I feel like it, it, there's a potential to be me brain, Sue brain, Sue brain. Wow. Well, I can tell you this much. As soon as we are finished with this interview, I'm cutting my shirt in half. Yeah. Um, that's going to at least be a step in the right direction. I'm going to have to, you know, tighten back up a little bit, but that's, that's definitely where we're going. KP, don't be surprised for me to show up on Monday Night Raw wearing a lot of mesh. Oh, yeah. Please do. You know, you should go across the SmackDown as well. That's where the lads are. You know, trying to get rid of me already. Like we hurt KP's feelings. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is unbelievable. What do you got, Gravy? Visiting Piccadilly Circus. Oh, I'll say yes, yes boy. boy. But you know, we don't need to go regularly. We've been, we've been. It's a bit busy, a bit too busy, you know. And we can't. We try, you know. We get ten meters before people are like, oh, I follow an autograph. You know, it's just. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be exhausting. It, oh yeah, <laughs> you're telling us, you know, lads. Nando's, yes boy or no boy? Yes, the biggest one. Hey, yes, yes boy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That, that was official. That that one came from deep within, deep within the soul. That was straight from the heart. I I had a, a a thought to kick off this episode of ATB earlier before you two were uh, able to join us on the call, where I was advocating for a future matchup between Logan Paul and Bad Bunny. Mm. What does Pretty Deadly say to the prospect of Logan Paul versus Bad Bunny in a WWE ring? I mean, there's no way we can't be excited about it, really. You, you're talking about two people who every time they've came in, they've delivered they and then some and some and some, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no way that we can't look at that and think, well, that's going to be pretty exciting. You know what? Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, the match itself, a no-brainer. For me, the result, a no-brainer, my boy Bad Bunny. Oh, Bad what a, Bunny. What a man. There, we got we got our first pick for the outcome, KP. Look, yeah, I'm, I got the ball rolling, man. We we might have messed around and, and stumbled upon something great. The fellas are agreeing with you. The best celebrity wrestler of all time. I agree. Just you, you just can't not love that man, right? We we talk about us having like you know trying to push out confidence. Oh, that's like zoods. That man's leaking confidence. And for this last bit, we're gonna rapid fire some tag team names. Just a, a yes boy or no boy. We're gonna take it in the uh, in the wayback machine. The Heart Foundation, yes boy. yes boy. The British Bulldogs, yes boy. Edge and Christian, yes boy. The Usos, yes boy. The Dudley Boys, yes boy. The New Day, ah, oh, uh, no boy. How dare you, Kevin? How dare you, Kevin? So what we've discovered here about Pretty Deadly is that pineapple is your kryptonite. <laughs> I kind of say the the new day are the pineapple on pizza. Oh. Ooh, okay. really good. You can clip that up. 
I like that. I, I feel the same way. KP didn't understand my, my, I don't want to call it disdain these days. It's dissipated slightly, but my general dislike for Xavier Woods, because KP, I don't know if you know this or not, but New Day has made my life hell for the better part of like six years. Imagine having Big E running across the ring and throwing his ring jacket at you in a, in the Thunderdome where there were no people. It was just, just a, like a 40 pound jacket draped over my head on a weekly basis. And you, you have to understand that I relate to pretty deadly's feelings about new day on a whole different level. I hear you. I hear you laughing at you as well. He doesn't even care. He was smiling the whole way through. That. I know. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm buzzing by this interview, lads. This is what I'm dealing with. This, this is what I deal with on a weekly basis. Oh. I'm, I'm made to feel less than mm-hmm. I'm, I'm questioned relentlessly. My motives are questioned. My knowledge of the business is questioned all by the Irishman who just shows up and just. I feel like this needs to be a longer podcast. You need to get more off your chest here, Gravy. There's a lot more going on. Listen, I'll, I'll, we'll go to group therapy. Me, pretty deadly, scrambled eggs, beans. We'll have ourselves a day, KP. I can't wait. Well, Kit, Elton, we are excited as we all should be for the arrival of pretty deadly on Friday night SmackDown. What can the WWE universe and the after the bell listeners expect? In the coming weeks and months. Wow. I mean, yeah, you want to start? I was just, just going to roll a few bits off because wow. I got a little bit excited. Yeah. They can expect the tastiest snacks oh, yes, by the WWE. They can expect two killer queens, yes, boy. the rum tum tuggers, yes, boy. the dandy highway men yes, boy. to bring a certain entertainment that you can't see anywhere else, not just within wrestling, TV, film. Whatever it is, the only place you can see this level of entertainment is Friday night Snackdown. Oh, you got, wow. yeah, got Round it up for me, round it up. When it's all said and done, pretty deadly, on the main roster, Smackdown One Day Raw, we'll be holding gold, we'll be turning our hips, and we'll be pointing, and we'll be shouting, a side plate check. Oosh, oosh, oosh. It's coming, it's a promise. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I can't wait to see it. Where can the ATB listeners find Pretty Deadly on social media? Wow. That is a tremendous question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at, at Kit Wilson. At Elton Prince. Nice and simple. Although there might be an underscore PD. My bad. Ah, oh, same here. Elton Prince underscore PD. Let me check. Don't forget the underscore. And for anybody listening that wants to continue to tell Kevin Patrick how wrong he is in his opinions regarding all things pretty deadly, you can find him at Kev underscore Egan. How do you like that? I'm just following the lads on social media right now. I'm I just sold you down the river, KP. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I believe we are Kit Wilson underscore PD, Elton Prince underscore PD. And that PD stands for pretty deadly. Well, Pretty Deadly, thank underscore you for joining us. You can find us at After the Bell, WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves, and you can listen for free. Wherever you get your podcast, just search After the Bell and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. Don't forget full episodes of ATB on the official WWE YouTube channel each and every Monday. And we'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell. Can I get one more yes, boy, to say goodbye? Boy, yeah. Yes, boy! <laughs> <laughs>